we have been on a teaching series, The Blessed Life, and we're going to continue on that series for um, a couple more weeks. Uh, but we're, we're tilting the focus of the series a little bit uh, from the spirit of generosity and stewardship to now how the blessed life reflects in enterprise and career development. So we're making that transition. You know, usually in the month of November, we have our Enterprise Development Month where we dream more on this. We've decided to, you know, just do something differently this year, bring that, uh, that series that we usually do in November and merge it with our stewardship series. And so we're, we're, we're flowing still in the same series, but just a little bit of shift of focus. Can you hear me tell your neighbor, say you are blessed? Uh, say you are a blessed person. Say the blessing of God is upon you. Uh, say live the blessed life. Live it in the fullest. Don't manage it. Christ came to give you life and give it in abundance. So live it fully. In Jesus' name. Praise God. This morning I'm talking about the blessing of creativity. The blessing of creativity. A very uh, big part of the blessed life is the blessing of creativity. The blessing of creativity. We started out uh, by discussing from Psalm 112 about the blessed life, and we showed the different compartments of the blessed life. That the blessed life is not just to be rich in money. The blessed life is not just to be rich, you know, in health. The blessed life is not just to be rich in direction. The blessed life, the Bible says, the blessed enjoy a, 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 a flood of light from God. It's never stranded. There's different sides to the blessed life. So when you, when you uh, and thank God for the Elevation Prince of Praise, they just created a song, I'm Living the Life. Uh, so guys, we're still going to the studio, right? Yeah, so because we need to produce that song fully. I'm living the life. You know, living the life is not just in one area only. Last week we sent out uh, the, the, the chat. I'm hoping by now you can find that and put it up for me. You know, I always start with that. Uh, last week we sent this out and, you know, we encourage each person to download it. We send it by mail and we say this is the, 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 the full expression and you can add a few more to it as you study the scriptures. Yeah, this is the full expression of what a blessed life looks like. But we say one of the things that will uh, make this blessed life or help you to activate it on a daily basis is when you live a life of generosity. So Proverbs 11 and verse 24, the Bible says that the world of the, of the generous gets bigger or larger and larger and the world's, world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The world of the generous gets larger and larger, and the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. In the message translation, that's what you see. If you can see that, put it up for me. All right. Yeah, that's what you see. The world of the generous gets larger and larger, and the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. And we said you need to choose the world you want to live in, whether it's the world of the generous, who doesn't you know, complain about giving, who, who has received grace to be generous and to bless to be rich towards God and also to be rich towards men. It gets larger and larger, or the one, the King James says, who we told more than is necessary and tends to poverty. Message translation says, the word of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. We told him more than is necessary and tending to poverty. Gives excuses about giving, gives excuses about supporting people, supporting the word of God, or tithing, or thinking of honoring God in any way. 
and consumes everything on himself. He always has issues, always has problems to solve, always has things taking money from him so that he cannot remember God or remember other people in need. That's the world of his stingy that gets smaller and smaller. Always has one project. Yeah, one bigger car to buy. One, you know, bigger toy to buy. And yet, doesn't remember God. Doesn't remember other people in need. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. I keep repeating this all through this series so that you know this is the activation point. When you choose to live a life of consistent activation like this, the only thing that can stop you, like we shared a few weeks ago, is greed. 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 And last week we shared about the fact that faith is another activator. The currency called faith. And we're taking, like I said, a, a bit of a, a direction this morning as we start to look at how the blessed life reflects in how I do life and how you do life on a daily basis. How does the blessed life reflect in the marketplace when we get into corporate Nigeria or corporate Lagos or corporate America or corporate Europe? How does the blessed life reflect? What does it look like in corporate Nigeria to say I'm blessed, I'm, the, I'm living the blessed life? How does it reflect? Is it just by carrying a bigger Bible or quoting plenty of scriptures and harassing some, everybody with Old Testament scriptures? Very scary ones. <laughs> How does it reflect? One of the ways it reflects is the blessing of creativity. The blessing of creativity. It's a fact that today's uh, uh, skill alone will not be sufficient for current and future challenge. Uh, uh, the, one of the reports from the economic, uh, uh, the, the Davos thing, the, the World Economic Forum, uh, WEF, uh, was that uh, they, 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 if you over-focus on just skill, you may become irrelevant with time. You need to start to focus on innovation and creativity with the skills that you have developed. It's one thing for you to finish school with a first class, and have requisite skills to do your job is another thing for you to be able to think outside of the box with that skill. It's another thing for you to uh, be, be a, a game changer in the industry, even with the skill that you have acquired, whether learned skill or skill that come to you naturally. It's one thing to be a great singer. It's another one to understand the business of singing and be innovative and creative about it. Now, we're saying that that ability to be innovative and creative about it is a God-given right if you open your mind and your heart to it and be able to trust God for it. Because God himself is a creative God. And one of the things that uh, ways will reflect being a child of God is to be able to imbibe the attributes of God. Now, in Genesis chapter 1, when you read from verse 1, God was introduced to us through the only written scripture as a creative God before we know him as holy, before we know him as righteous, before we know him as faithful. Genesis 1 and verse 1. Can you put that up for me? In every translation, this is how it reflects. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Just assume that only one verse of the scripture is available forever. And it's Genesis 1 and verse 1. The first verse of every Bible, if you have a Bible, a real Bible. He said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The first introduction of God in the Bible is his creative part. That, that speaks volume to all of us. Yeah. 
Meanwhile, today, that's the part that most Christians want to put aside. Yeah. It's not out of place to demonstrate the holiness of God. Yeah. The integrity of God. Those things are the things that create the foundation for what we are doing. But it's also important to understand that the God who is my father and your father, the one who has called us, who elected us, who chose us by grace, is also a creative God. And so the first introduction of him was that of his creative ability, his creative capacity. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It could have been in the beginning, God danced. It could have been in the beginning, God prayed. It could have been in the beginning, God was holy. But he said in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Can you let me tap your neighbor? What are you creating? Yeah. One of the greatest ways you can show that you are like God is for you to imbibe that creative side of God as well. As we look at all of his other attributes. You know, we can spend the whole year discussing all of God's attributes and never get to that side of him that make things, you know, makes things happen. That side of him that is the creative side of him. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. My God and your God is a creative God. So innovation and creativity uh, will be the skill to excel in most of all fields of endeavor, fields and endeavor in the years to come and in the current years, year and in the years to come. To be creative means to have a good imagination or to have original ideas. That's what it means to be creative. Yeah. To be creative means to have a good imagination or to have original ideas. And who can be more original than God? Yeah. Who can be more original than God? But you know the truth? When we talk about originality, originality, uh, that ship has sailed a long time ago. God created all the originals and then just allowed us to leverage what he has created. Leave the slide on for me, please. And allowed us to leverage the things that he has created. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Have you ever read it anywhere since you have been to school or since you have been reading that God created chair before? A chair for people to sit on. Eh? Have you ever read it anywhere before? Yeah. But the chair will either come from wood or will come from iron hall or steel and stuff like that. Am I saying the truth? But who created the wood? Who created iron hall? And all the other metals? Why are people silent on me this morning? As if you don't know the answer. <laughs> I'm becoming afraid, you know, as in I was wondering. <laughs> Is it like you're being careful so that you won't say the wrong thing? It has to be God. Now, it's no other person. Or did you create it? <laughs> who created the wood, the tree? Oh, church, speak to me this morning. So, originality, ladies and gentlemen, is, is, is secondary, is not, no longer primary. God just wants us to pick on what he has done and just work on it. Yeah, just, to, just being like him, that's what I'm trying to say. I mean, I was still reading the past week about uh, uh, Weber and Oville, right? The guys that uh, invented the airplane. They did extensive studies on birds. There's nothing new under the sun, ladies and gentlemen. Extensive studies on birds. That's what they did. 
Our God is original. We inherited our originality when his spirit came into our heart. We think outside of the box and leverage what he's already doing. Part of striving to be like God is to be somebody who can solve problems, who can create solutions, who can be creative, who can be innovative. Let's not separate that from trying to be like God. That's what I'm saying this morning. Yeah. Anyone here who has said, no, this year, Father, I just want to be like you. I want to enjoy your presence. I want to know you more. Part of knowing him more is being more like him. And that's what we call being blessed. Somebody stay with me this morning. Can you hear me tap your neighbor again and ask your neighbor, what are you creating? Yeah. Because it's very important that we know that God expects us to keep that side of him who is creative. So creativity is one of God's attributes and it's in his DNA and so it's also in my own DNA. Somebody say creativity is in my DNA. Uh, so I inherited it from God. And it stays with me. Or say it again, say it stays with me. Glory be to Jesus. God's creativity is seen all through the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, through his own work, through the works inspired, uh, 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 inspired men to do. So just the same way we, we talk about, uh, you know, uh, the man of faith, Abraham, and his lineage, Isaac, Jacob, you know, Joseph, and all that, we see that God inspired them and worked creatively through each and every one of them. This generation must not be different. This generation of Christians, we who are now spiritual Jews, carrying the lineage of faith, we cannot afford to be different. We also need to work at the same level of creativity and innovation. We need to, you know, make the connection between our work with God and the divine capacity to be creative, to create solutions, to bring forth innovation, to think outside of the box or create new boxes. If you are used to boxes, you can create more. <laughs> yeah, refusing to hold on to one. Glory be to Jesus. So God showed us all through the scriptures. The blessing confers the attribute of God on you, and this includes creativity. Therefore, creativity is in your DNA, and you are and can express God's creativity. You have and can express God's creativity. Glory be to Jesus. I can say that from now to tomorrow just for somebody to get it and get it strongly. Yeah. One thing that you must get out of this service this morning, whether you are here live or watching on the internet, is that you need to wake up to the desire to be more like God by being creative and innovative. It has nothing, I mean, going to school will enhance it. But primarily speaking, whatever is in your DNA is in your DNA. Yeah. You just get to the point where certain things can help you to activate it better. And that, that speaks to the environment. But the truth is that we are creative beings. That's how God created us. All through the scriptures you see that. In Second uh, Chronicles 26, and we've been reading from the beginning of the year, talking about a young man, Uzziah, who became king as a teenager. Uh, um, God made him so creative that a young chap, as a teenager, ruled over a territory, created infrastructure, created all kinds of things. You read it from Second Chronicles uh, chapter 26, from verse 3 down to 15. You can read it in your private time. If you haven't read about Uzziah this year, I, I, I mean with everything I've said about him since what night service, 
you know, New Year's Eve service last year, you need to read Second Chronicles 26. I'm not going to read it this morning. You read it when you get up. Second Chronicles 26 from verse 3 down to about 15. Read about Uzziah and the great stuff that he did. Uzziah was 16 years old when he had the opportunity of becoming king. And there was never a regret that a lad became a king because of the kind of stuff he did. Uzziah created more infrastructure in that, in that day more than what we have created in Nigeria in the last 20 years. Yes, read it. You can put it up for some of the people who don't have Bibles. <laughs> read it. And you know, anytime I read this, I tell myself, how can a young person have this much, you know, access to innovation and creativity from God and created so much, building towers in the, in the desert. He dug many wells, for he had much livestock, but in the lowland, he did this. In the plains, he did that. He, he, he did the right things at the right place. He was very creative. And God was the one walking through him. You know, and a family, a whole family, a whole enterprise, a company, a business, an individual can look away from creativity and innovation and everything is sliding down, going south, and you're wondering, you're still wondering, and some people are even getting angry with God. That God is not answering prayers. When God just says, look, I, I want to pour ideas into your mind on what you need to do differently. And I just need it to open up. I just need it to open up. It's part of the blessed life. It's part of living the blessed life that your mind is always open. That your spirit is always alert to pick signals from God on what to do differently. So as you prepare to go back to work tomorrow. You need to think about the message of this morning very well. And ask yourself, we're going to the second quarter of 2019. What am I going to do differently? What's going to be the focus of the second quarter? What, what are the main things I need to work on? At the night of increase on Friday, we had a great time. We prayed seriously. And part of the things we prayed for is for light to come upon us in the second quarter of this year. That we see clearly. Now we gain the capacity to think out of the box. Whether you are here or not, you can leverage the prayers because we pray for the entire church. Yeah. And think about it. What am I going to do differently in the second quarter of 2019? What should, be, what should come into focus? Where should I spend 80% of my thinking time and my creative time? At home, what are we going to do differently? At work, what are we going to do differently? As this business stagnated, and because money is still coming in, I think we're doing something well. You, you see, when we leverage this side of God, one of the things that happened to us is that we start to operate, you know, I've been saying it to the pastors recently, that uh, the way I'm operating now is the principle that says it doesn't have to be broken before you break it. If you wait for it to be broken, it may be too late. Yeah. As anyone who operates, you know, who manages an organization, who works in or who wants to create strategy, you need to always tell yourself, that's, that's God's idea. It doesn't, you don't have to wait for something to be broken before you. You can break it yourself. So that, <laughs> I don't know if somebody's following me this morning. You, you can break it yourself so that your mind can go outside of the box. Um, I have a lot to say this morning, but before I get into 
other things. Before we get into scriptures, let me read something that is not quite scripture that the, the Holy Spirit just reminded me while I was sitting there. On the 18th of January, 2016, I made a Facebook post on my personal Facebook page, and I'm going to read it out. I was just sitting there uh, during uh, worship when the Holy Spirit reminded me about this post, and I went to search it out. I wrote a post on this subject matter of innovation and creativity, and I was talking about how to go ahead of your time. And I, I wrote about Blockbusters, a company that was playing very high in the entertainment movie uh, distribution industry. So I read from my post, 18th of January 2016, 4.10 p.m. Blockbuster Video had 9,000 stores and 60,000 employees and 5.9 billion in revenue at their peak in 2004. 15 years ago, in 2004, 9,000 stores all through the United States or North America, 60,000 employees, 5.9 billion in revenue, USD, US dollars, 5.9 billion in revenue at their peak in 2004. Then the installation of cable modems made streaming video possible. Blockbusters filed for bankruptcy protection on September 23rd, 2010. Six years later, just a little over six years later, just because of a disruptive technology that now we can lay cables and get, you know, high-speed internet into homes and all that, and people can stream videos. So they don't have to go to blockbuster stores and rent videos. They're streaming directly into their homes. What happened to blockbuster's business strategy uh, five years before or, or seven years before? Why can't they be the one that will champion the streaming to say, we are tired of having 6,000 shops. Let's come to your home directly. Yeah. So we're coming directly. We have caught all the middlemen. You get the video. Now we're getting it not in homes, but on our phone. Because the ship sailed a long time ago with more innovation and creativity. We're talking stories of 2010 when Blockbuster busted. And they filed for bankruptcy. Yeah. But this is 2019. Nine years later, we have moved away from streaming. I mean, the ability to stream into our homes. As of 2010, we were struggling with streaming in Nigeria. In the U.S., they were streaming into homes already. Now, we're streaming into homes. Am I saying the truth? Yeah, you can watch Netflix in your home, you know, and all that. But now we have gone past that to mobile. That's how fast our world is going. You can't pay lip service to, I'm living the life, oh, I'm blessed, blessed, blessed. No. It has to be something practical in your life. Creating solutions, innovations for your family, for your business, on your career. Has to be a regular part. You must expect, when I pray in the spirit, when I pray in understanding, when I speak to God, something is happening to how I think. That can place me ahead of the curve. That's what I'm talking about this morning. Because you have to be ahead of the curve in, the, in this current age that we live right now for you to remain relevant. Let me read a little further. Technology is a freight train that does not care who is standing on its track. It will crush anybody, notwithstanding how big the company is. Blockbusters turned down the opportunity to acquire a little DVD mailing company called Netflix for $50 million in 2000. Netflix started by just, instead of having shops, they were mailing videos into people's homes. 
You see how far they've come. And they had the opportunity of buying them. When their own, when, when they, they, they were close to $5 billion, you know, in revenue, Netflix was offered to them at $50 million. And they didn't buy it. Let me read it a little further. When that price was presented to Blockbuster's revenue, for, uh, I mean, compared to Blockbuster's revenue, it was just three days' revenue. Yeah, as at that time. Blockbusters will make that $50 million in three days. They said, buy Netflix, they refuse. Netflix market value now stands at $32.9 billion. And that's what, I wrote this in 2016. Yeah, it will be more now, especially now that they're streaming our own video from Nigeria. Yeah, yeah. Big Daddy, what they call it, just got on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Our Chief Daddy, yes. Yes. No, just in case you don't know. Because some people will be thinking, why is Pastor using American companies and all that? Ah, the American companies are here. Yeah, and people are already getting their share. This year alone, two Nigerian movies have gone on Netflix. Yeah. More than that, right? And the first one was signed on for $10 million. Uh-huh. This isn't down there. <laughs> is somebody still with me this morning? Yeah. As of 2016, when I wrote this, $32.9 billion. That was the worth of Netflix. This number exceeds the value of CBS Network, one of the greatest, I mean, biggest network, TV network in America, CBS. Netflix market value exceeded them. And it still exceeds them up till now. And they don't have a TV station. Somebody tap your neighbor and say, think out of the box. Yeah. They don't have a TV station. We live in a time and an age where uh, the, the, the biggest taxi company in the world does not own one, one vehicle. Yeah. That's, that's Uber. No vehicle at all. That's the time we're living in right now. This is the, if you want to live the blessed life right now, you have to be aware of the creative ability of God more than ever before. Just to wrap up this reading, uh, Comcast, which is an, a, another uh, big corporation in the U.S., chose not to buy Disney. Yahoo turned down the opportunity to buy Google. Can you imagine? In the early days. Yeah, Google now, if you open his mouth, to swallow Yahoo. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yahoo and, and Friendster both turned down the opportunity to buy Facebook. But rather than shake, you know, my head or your head and laugh? This is my question. As I wrote it in the post, I asked, will anyone be laughing at me tomorrow? What opportunities am I missing right now? Yeah. Because these, other, these companies that I mentioned, like Facebook and you know, Netflix and all that, they are now big. Google, big. In the days of their little beginning, uh, they were offering to sell themselves for $50 million or $20 million, which would have been a big breakthrough for them then. Those people refused to buy them. It wasn't their fault. In their destiny, God wanted them to be big on their own. Yeah. But some people pass by opportunities while some people are next opportunities. May you be one of such people who will lay hold on opportunities. May your opportunities not pass you by in the precious name of Jesus. So all through the Bible, uh, we see creativity. Creativity will remain, I mean, we mean thinking outside of the box and thinking in other boxes. Yeah, if you have to at all. Think outside of the box or think in other boxes. There are many other boxes. Yeah. What you are doing now is not the only thing you can do. 
And what you are doing now, this is not the only way you can do it. Yeah. Netflix started by mailing videos to people's homes rather than having stores where people will come. Today, they are no longer mailing. They are pushing it to your phone. And you pay a token to watch it. And they, they do that with billions of people from all over the world. Yeah. So it's one of the biggest companies in that space. Yeah. In the distribution channel of movie and music. It's just, just a very simple idea. Glory be to Jesus. All through the Bible, we see God also inspire people to have great ideas. In Genesis 41, uh, the story of, of, of Joseph. God inspired Joseph with great ideas. He had the uncanny ability to interpret dreams. But not just to interpret dreams, God moved it a little further for him to be able to create solutions just by the Holy Spirit, thinking outside of the box. In Genesis 41, uh, when you read from verse 1, uh, the, the Bible says that Pharaoh had a bad dream. He saw cows, some very fat ones, you know, seven cows, and then he saw another one looking very skinny and scary and all that. He saw all kinds of funny things, seven by seven. And then he woke up, was like, what kind of dream is this? And then, to call a long story short, they had to get somebody who had the ability to interpret dreams, and Joseph was called forth from the prison. You know the story from Sunday school. Yeah, yeah. if you ever attended. Yeah. <laughs> Joseph was called out from the prison. And in verse 16 of Genesis 41, the Bible says that Joseph answered Pharaoh, after Pharaoh had spoken to him about, you know, I had this dream, I mean, I'm, I'm you know, just, I'm perturbed about, about this dream. So Joseph answered, Genesis 41 and verse 16, answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. This shows somebody who understood the fact that the covenant of Abraham, under which we premise the blessed life, a covenant with God, Joseph was on, operating under the same covenant, and he understood the fact that this covenant connects me enough to God to be able to source out-of-the-box thinking and out-of-the-box ideas for the greatest superpower of the day, Pharaoh. Who are you solving problems for? Are you just rolling with big people and just working past them without trusting God to open your heart to help them create solutions that will make them to remain relevant and being useful even in their position? Because that was what Joseph did for Pharaoh. He said, it's not in me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Joseph said, it's not, it's not by me. Yeah, it's because I'm living the blessed life, which is premised on my covenant with God. I have a covenant with God. So God opens my heart. Yeah, he helps me to live a life that aligns with his will and purpose and also enhances my capacity to see things, to understand things, and to, uh, to engender great ideas and innovative and creative solutions. So Pharaoh went ahead and described his dream and all that uh, to the young man, Joseph, and in verse, verse, uh, jump down to verse 33. Joseph started to talk to Pharaoh about what to do. He said, now therefore, let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise. So after Joseph told Pharaoh, sorry, after Joseph told Pharaoh that, look, uh, what it meant is that you're going to have seven years of plenty, and seven years of farming. He did not only interpret the dream, it gave him a solution, an innovative idea. The innovative idea was, 
from verse 33. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land to collect one-fifth. That's the idea, innovative idea. One-fifth. One-fifth. For you to know how plenty, the seven years of plenty were, 20% of what came out each year was stored for seven years, and it kept them for another seven years. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. That means even the 80% they were eating, they were just lao lao. Yeah, just wasted. They, they, they were just eating anyhow and behaving anyhow. Yeah. And that, that when I, anytime I read this, I just remember Nigeria. Yeah. You know, when you refuse to live on 20, situations and circumstances will come that will force you to live on 20. Yeah. <laughs> you can imagine. Some people just think, you know, ah, no, we can't, we can't live with 20% of our income. We can't. Situations and circumstances came, forced them to stay with 20%. Yeah. And they were still okay. They were not dying. That was the solution that Joseph brought and preserved. And you know, by the way, when the farming came, it's not, it wasn't only that Egypt was sustained. Egypt was selling food out of the 20%. Because that was what brought Jacob's sons to come. Yeah. Yeah. God has a way of connecting the dots, you know. Because the person who gave the solution was now given the authority and the power to be at the helm of affairs. And uh, he, the food that he preserved, not only preserved Egypt, but preserved even his own family. Yeah. Because if not for that, they would, they would have died. Somebody say with me today, I'm just stretching it so that you understand some of the things God wants to do through you right now. Some of them are not even just for you. Yeah. I was saying at Night of Increase that when we talk about the favor of God, some people just feel like, eh, you know, favor, favor all the time. Can't people just walk, walk with their hand and all that? Yeah. People walk with their hand. But you see, when you walk with your hand, you, you get some, something from it. But if you believe God wants to use you to deliver a whole nation, a whole continent. That cannot be only by labor. Favor has to be added to it. How much work will you do to be able to set free a whole African nation? Yeah? Pay their debt or eradicate a particular disease there. You know how some of the big philanthropists in the world do? They just go to a nation, they do uh, data collection, and they say, is HIV that is killing them or something that is killing them? And they just vote $1 billion and just help them. Doctor, am I saying the truth? Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm, <laughs> it's just instinctive. He, he, he consults for the WHO. Yeah. Because that's what they do. They just go around and just, just, just help people. You are still thinking of one house in Banana Island. When are you going to help a whole city, a whole nation? If that's your only dream, you put a car on the, this thing. This is the car I want to buy. And the last five years, that's what you are working for. I mean, how poor are you? Really? You are really very poor. Your destiny cannot be tied to one car, one house. Yeah. That's where you need to crave the favor of God. When God started to work in the life of Abraham, God said, in you, all the families of the heart shall be blessed. That's the mindset of a blessed man. Stop working for a Prada bag. Are you still with me this morning? Yeah. 
Stop living for a new return shoe or pair of shoes. All right? Live for posterity. Think about the favor of God coming upon your life to be a blessing to generation yet unborn. It comes out of uncanny creativity and innovation. The blessing and favor that only God can give. Are you still with me today? I said, are you still with me today? That was how Joseph lived his life. That's how Joseph lived. Another person that enjoyed that in the Bible is Jacob, the father of Joseph. I'm talking about the lineage of Abraham. Time will not even permit to go into Abraham. Genesis 14, we saw Abraham displayed high level, you know, of innovation. About three or four kings came after him, destroyed everything, carried, you know, uh, wife and children, and I mean, carried lots and carried things away. And the Bible says, in Genesis 14 and verse 14, Abraham had 318 trained servants that he trained in his own house. He trained them to fight during the day and at night. So when the, this divine idea will come to him, these people that came to raid us and carry everything, and carry his cousin and carry, we are going to hit them at night. It was because his own army had the capacity to fight at night. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. When three kings come after you and you have 318 trained soldiers only, you are, you are meat, I mean, dead meat for them. Except you have a superior idea that can deliver you in the situation. Can I tell somebody here this morning? Uh, it's time to stop crying. What you are going through is too small to hold you down. All you need is to open your heart to God to infuse great ideas in that mind. Yeah. God wants to infuse great ideas into that mind of yours, into your spirit, to come out of that situation. And that's what happens when we pray. Yeah. So the last character, Jacob. And through Jacob, we saw innovation. You know, when, when we talk about uh, uh, types of innovation, for instance, we, we, we talk about product innovation, process innovation, business model in, innovation. These are business school stuff, but the things that anybody can, can grab, even if you're, uh, you're, 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 you're leading a, a small SME. Yeah. You need to think of product innovation. You need to think of how you innovate your process of how you get things done. To go on the path of cheap, cheaper, faster, you know, better, more elegant, you know, and all that, in packaging and different things. That, that's what will take us faster into where we are. This is what Jacob did in Genesis uh, uh, 41. Oh, sorry, Genesis 30. Genesis 30, Jacob leveraged this. Genesis 30, Jacob approached Laban, his uncle, and asked him, now I've worked for you for this many years, and you have, this is the time that I want to start to fend for my own family, and I want to be paid. And what this corny guy did was to say, okay, you want to be paid? Tell me what you want to earn. I know it's because of the covenant that you, your father has with God that he said, because since you have been here, God has been blessing my business. So tell me what you want to hear. You know what, what um, Jacob said? He said, I want the animals that have streaks, like lines on them, and the ones that are dotted. Yeah. And the one that has plain black. They were the least. So Liban said, it's okay. Since it's this small thing you want, I'll give you. He thought he was smart. So he said, he himself carried the animal and put them three days' journey ahead of the remaining Separated them very well. So, Jacob, that is your income. Yeah. Some people will be watching over that one for you. So, you stay with my own since the blessing is upon you. 
Yeah, that's what he did. He said, stay with my own. So Jacob didn't even have the opportunity of going to his own. They have separated them three days' journey. So keep working for me, but I've paid you. So Jacob said, like we say in this part of the world, it's okay. It's okay. You think like, they, they, this blessed life is for nothing? You think I'm a mumu that just came to, uh, uh, where, where's their area? <laughs> yeah. Jacob, while meditating, got ideas from God. Yeah. The Bible says that he picked poplar tree, chestnut tree, you know, and all that, almond tree, and he would use knife to just put lines on them, streak. When these plain, robust, strong animals are mating, Jacob will put it in front of them. Before they invented genetic modification, Jacob leveraged spiritual genetic modification. Yeah. By a divine idea from God. That can happen to you as you work on your laptop at work tomorrow. Yeah, it's very simple. The blessing is the blessing. Whether on Jacob or on you, that is all that. Yeah. Or which is the closest name to Jacob? Borrow me. <laughs> what, whatever your name is. If the blessing is on you, it is on you, and it wants to operate in your life. Glory be to Jesus. Jacob did that. The Bible says the plain-colored animals started giving back to speckle and spotted. Yeah. And as they gave back, just Jacob would remove them, send them three days journey ahead. Yeah. Three days journey ahead. That's how he was separating them. Yeah. Somebody say the blessing. Come on, say it again. Say the blessing. Yeah. In verse 41 of Genesis 30, the Bible says, Whenever the stronger female were ready to mate, Jacob would place the peeled branches in the watering trough in the front of them. Then they would mate in the front of the branches. But he did not do it with the weaker ones. So the weaker lambs belonged to Laban, and the stronger ones to Jacob. As a result. Somebody say as a result. Can we read the last verse together? As a result. Where, 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 where is it? Put it up, please. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I'm reading New Living Translation. Put in New Living Translation so we can read the same. Yeah. New Living Translation. Yeah. Okay. One, two, let's go. With large flocks of sheep and goat. Female male servant and many people. As a result of a creative idea, knowing that Jacob was not just going to be Jacob, it's going to be Israel, a whole nation. God gave him a creative idea that engendered wealth creation that was enough to preserve a whole nation. Somebody stay with me today. Yeah. By the time Jacob was ready to go, he had enough to give to his enemies. He said, just in case my brother Esau was still angry with me for what happened over 20 years ago, let's package for him. We have more than enough. You will have more than enough to give your enemies. Yeah. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. They, they package, you know, he sent like one day journey, just all these animals and all this. You know, in those days, their stock market was rated in animals in Camer. In this, yeah, that's the stock. Yeah, that's how you measure wealth. Yeah. 
It sent wealth ahead for Esau. The only thing was that because of the same blessing we're talking about this morning, when Esau got there, even Esau, who got only one blessing, the blessing of restlessness. You know, I preached the message last year. Yeah. That was the only blessing his father gave. He said, my father, don't you have one more blessing? He said, I'll give you this blessing. When you become restless, you will break his yoke from off your neck. As at the time, Esau had broken the yoke. Esau came and saw everything, big wealth. You know, this large alert transfer that Jacob sent to him. He looked at it. He said, my brother, see, God has blessed me also. I don't need this. I'll tell my bankers to transfer it back to me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't need this. Yeah, I'm equally so blessed. Yeah, the blessing is working. Someone say the blessing is working. Yes. Oh, look at your neighbor. Say the blessing is working. Yes. Stand on your feet, everybody. Stand on your feet, everybody. Stand on your feet, everybody. Glory be to Jesus. I said, glory be to Jesus. Somebody here, God will give you ideas for product innovation. Ideas for process innovation. In the name of Jesus. You will start to ask the right questions. You will start to talk to the right people. In the name of the Lord Jesus. May the heavens open over your life. In the second quarter of 2019, may you enjoy divine ideas. May God bring speed upon your work. In the name of the Lord Jesus. May your heart open to the blessing of the Lord and make rich and add no sorrow. In the name of the Lord Jesus, may your mind not remain in the box. Receive grace to think outside of the box. Receive grace to see God as your source. Receive grace to create multiple channels of income. In the name of the Lord Jesus, lift your two hands to Jesus this morning and begin to declare in your own words. Lord, I step into the blessing in a new dimension. I'm living the blessed life in a new dimension. I refuse to remain stagnant. I refuse to be, uh, to be complacent. I refuse to allow opportunities to pass me by. Somebody declared this morning, the heavens are open over my life, over my business, over my enterprise, over my career. 